1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on the stack, we talk about a bunch of books that have come out this week and also one very old book. That is because on our live show we have been asking, <laughs> we've been asking people to leave us requests for books that they would like us to review in the iTunes comments, on iTunes of course. And if you'd like to do that, you absolutely should too. Yes, if you're listening. That's where they are. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we reviewed one on our live show, but this one we're going to move here. So at the end of the show, we're actually going to be reviewing the first volume of Alan Moore's The Saga of the Swamp Thing. After we get to all the new books that came out this week But again, if you want us to review something, if you want to request something, whether it is new or old or whatever it is Leave us a comment on iTunes, let us know, and we will choose some and definitely review them here um, There you go, but let's jump into the new stuff, kicking it off with Venom Number one from Marvel by Al Ewing and Ram V, written by Brian Hitch So this is picking up off of Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman's run. Art by Brian Hitch. Yeah. Oh,
2: great. Yes. You said, uh, you said written, written. by
0: Yao Ewing and Ram V. Art by yeah. Brian Hitch. Uh, and again, this is picking up off of Donny Cates' run and kicking it off with a new team. Though it continues a lot of the plot points there and introduces a bunch of its own. Um, what did you think about this? Uh, Pete, you're a big fan, I think, of Donny Cates' run. How do you think this follows up on that?
3: Uh, I think this is great. I think it it has like some real oh shit moments. You know, I mean, we do have like Venom in space and that kind of stuff. So it's um, I, I, I kind of like what where this is going, what's happening, uh, the continuation of the story, uh, focusing a lot on the, the sun here, which is kind of like touching and hopeful, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I'm enjoying this. I think it's uh, I think it's cool.
2: I mean, there's a lot going on when Donnie Cates left the book with Venom being sort of the all-powerful, um, uh, god of symbiotes, uh, has a son, is like t- transporting his uh, brain, also all rocking different chains. Symbiotes.
3: Now, don't forget about the
2: chains. Yeah. Um, there's a cat who's a symbiote, um, and, uh, there's just a lot going on. So this is sort of collecting all the information and putting it, pointing it in this new horror villain direction, which I think is a great, um, touch here. Um, I'm assuming definitely the style that, uh, has got the immortal Hulk, uh, book going. I liked
0: it. Yeah, I liked it too. This is just, this is a great team. Brian Hitch is always good on pretty much everything. Al Uing and Ram V have both been on a roll individually and together. So it's great to see them take this on. And it's just so surprising and interesting to see Marvel treating Venom as a top tier character in 2021. But that's exactly where he is. That's where we so are. That's where we are. That's society. That's reality. Yeah, that's like... You got to deal with it.
3: Deal with it. So.
0: Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on and talk about two other plucky little comic book characters that are really making a name for themselves Robin and Batman, number one from DC Comics, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Dustin Wynn. This is the team from Descender and Ascender coming together to tell a new story of Robin and Batman teaming up together for the first time. Again, great team. This is great.
3: Yeah, uh, I really just wanted to say, like, the art is bananas, like on the last book. But it's fun to see kind of like a watercolor Batman, you know what I mean? Like a little bit of the Batcave uh, with a little artsy watercolor touch to it. It's enjoyable. Um, But also, this is kind of like their early kind of relationship of Batman and Robin. You know, some missteps here on both sides. This is great. You know, I'm enjoying this. Alfred's alive. I'm very happy about that. Uh, yeah, and also this idea of, like, and this is teased uh, at the end, so maybe I'm kind of reading into things, but what if, like, this thing of, like, if Croc was also in the circus life, what does that mean for Croc and Robin? You know what I mean? Croc and Robin. Go, Croc and Robin.
2: Robin. <laughs> um, the, I like this book a lot. The art is fantastic. It's great. Um, the, the inner monologue we get of Robin here is really fun. And the idea of him designing the Robin uniform is sort of like a, like in your face. Yeah. ad.
3: Suck I don't, it. I don't
2: dress like you. Yeah. I wear like underpants on the outside is very funny.
0: That's great. And I'd also recommend if you read this book and like it, there's a great book that Dustin Wynn did called Little Gotham. He did two volumes yes. of it, I believe, yeah, yeah. which is yes. also super fun. Um, definitely very different here than what he's doing, but uh, still really good art. And it's got that watercolor bat cave you like so much, Pete. Love Moving on it. to another one, Nick's. Number one from Dynamite, written by Christos Gage, art by Mark Borstel. So this is spitting out of the Vampirella books, I believe. So yeah, you know what's going on there. But I will say, despite being a classic Dynamite titty book, Christos Gage knows. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and that's what it is. Let's put be that, honest. Uh, put Let's that on the cover. Honest. I'm hey, sorry. Alex, you're, you're angling for a jacket quote right there. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm definitely angling for a jack and quote is what I'm angling for Uh, but Christos Gage is is such a good writer that he knows how to take this stuff and really elevate it both in terms of the story and the pathos of this character who has some demon in her could turn into flame needs to suck souls but hasn't really ever connected with a human being and we see her connect with a human for the first time so I went in with some trepidation but as usual Christos Gage won me over by the end of the book
2: I agree with you. I thought the story of this book was great. I mean, the art is—it's like a lot of like, whoops, my clothes all fell off. Uh, <laughs> but um, the art—it's good art. Uh, that's just what's happening in it. But the story itself is really cool. Like this character really does like fall in love, and in a way that that I really believed. So it was—it was a good read.
3: Pete. I, you know, I mean, this isn't my cup of tea, so, you know, I mean, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it, so good.
2: good. What do you mean by tea? Capital T? (laughs)
0: Yeah,
3: spill the
2: the tea,
0: Pete. Spill the tea. Let's move on to something I'm sure you did like then, The Thing, number one from Marvel, written by Walter Mosley, art by Tom Riley. This is a classic adventure of The Thing, as he messes a bunch of things up, uh, tangles with a bunch of dudes. Pete, what'd you think?
3: Well, uh, absolutely fantastic art style, uh, really creepy villains. So like great kind of high stakes start, uh, heartbreaking shit though, with, uh, uh, thing and, uh, you know, his love interest. So that I did not like, like, like that at all. Great to see Hercules, uh, been a minute. So yeah, I thought this was fantastic
2: uh surprisingly dark thing story um especially with this the art style I thought this was going to be more of like a fun thing like uh, clobber in time style adventure and this is sort of like a dark night of the soul story for the thing and he's maybe being corrupted uh here which is definitely not what I expected
0: yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff going on. It's, like you said, Justin, a much more complex story than I expected, but really well done. And to Pete's point, the art is great. Moving on to another one, Undiscovered Country, number 17, from Image Comics by oh, yeah. Scott Snyder and Charles Soule. Art by Giuseppe Camincoli and Leonardo Marcello Grassi. In this issue, they are continuing to try to find the perfect song in order to escape the current area of America that they're trapped in. And unfortunately the crossroads devil is after them, which sounds like a of crazy nonsense that I just said, but it all makes sense in the context of the book. Uh, what'd you guys think about this issue?
3: Yeah, I really think this ish, this comic right now is just cooking. Like it, the, the store is really moving. Like everything is kind of like happening and coming to a head. It's, it's very cool and interesting. And the, twists are coming at, at like a clip now that i can really kind of like appreciate and enjoy art's unbelievable i'm i'm having a great time there's a ton of creativity uh kind of got like a cool oh shit last page kind of thing a lot of amazing back matter in here too yeah i'm really enjoying this
2: yeah, this, I feel like we talked a lot about this book. It's like so many ideas. It's so wild. that It's all happening yeah. here. And that's definitely still what's happening. But it's this arc, especially, has really settled into, like, the characters are really established. We know what they're talking about when they're talking about stuff. And there's, there are clear emotional arcs. So when they get into the wild ideas of, like, sticking your hand into a machine and having to write a song to save this world and all these things, uh, the Crossroads devil being the villain, um, it's all, all these like ships from all different fictions in America showing up. Like all those ideas get to pop a little bit more rather than being this sort of like stew of things where you can't pick out the individual flavors. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. Next up, Wonder Woman number 781 from DC Comics written by Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cluden and Vidya Ayala art by Marcio Takara and Skylar Partridge. Um, wonder woman's back on earth she's alive she is visiting etta candy a little trepidatious about visiting steve trevor which is kind of interesting but we work around she's busy issue she's busy come on you
3: know they have a lot going on you know yeah come on man you'd like to visit when you can be there you know what i mean when Mm -hmm. you can like Emotionally and physically be there. She's got a lot going on. She's trying to figure out stuff. Things aren't making sense. There's no time for that right now. She's got to take care of business. Nothing wrong with that.
2: Pete, you sound like the kind of guy that doesn't mind going on a date night and seeing a different movie than your date. And I appreciate that about you Uh, because that's what you're proposing. Hey, don't, as
3: Zalbin always points out, don't cross this podcast, man. I'm not, this is the first time I've ever said that. It's the first time I've ever said
0: that.
2: This is new new information. New new take. It's a new take on this comic book. Um this Wonder Woman run I really like. Um it's getting into new areas. The sort of villains here uh feel like I don't know. I, there's a a lot of stuff is laid out on the table here, and I like sort of this the super villain that's coming through here.
3: Um and I want them to get together, her and Steve. Oh yeah. Definitely just pull to catch for up. Her and... Yeah, just yeah, just catch up. It's nice to see all friends. Uh, yeah, I love the art. Glad she is like, we're finally getting back to kind of like where she was before she kind of went on this whole adventure with Thor and all that. Uh, Dr. Psycho is up to no good. She's on it. So I'm feeling good about where this is going. Yeah, I'm. I'm the art's unbelievable. This is a great Wonder Woman book.
0: Back By the, the way, component.
3: have you, uh, you told me you were going to go
0: ahead to get an appointment at Dr. Psycho, right? Like, did that work out? Pete? <laughs> Be-
3: No. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, I'll get you a referral.
0: I'll get you a referral. Yeah. That's your primary care physician. I bet you could. (laughs) Yeah, I can't. I can't. He's not on my plan. It seems like he is, Yeah. Yeah. I go to see Dr. Sociopath, mostly,
3: (laughs) for all of my needs. Bruce Wayne may appear to be a wealthy playboy, but beneath this facade, his true identity is that of the Batman, waging an endless war against crime. Join the Cape Crusader in Batman! The Audio Adventures, the first scripted audio original featuring Batman and his villainous rogues gallery in a world premiere story of life and death in Gotham City, debuting exclusively on HBO Max, starring Jeffrey Wright as Batman and a who's who of incredible Saturday Night Live alums. This rollicking adventure, told across ten episodes, is written and directed by Emmy winner Dennis McNichols, including devilishly delightful original music by Doug Bossey and performances by Rosario Dawson, John Liguizamo, Chris Parnell, Melissa Villasenor, Seth Myers, Jason Sudeikis, Brooke Shields, Fred Armisen, and many, many more. Go to HBOMax.com, backslash Batman Audio Adventures for more and stream Batman the audio adventures only on HBO max yeah.
0: regarding the matter of Oswald's body number there one is, is the name of the comic
3: not the thing that I'm
0: asking you about from boob studios written by Christopher Cantwell art by Luca Casalaguida. Justin I know you're a big fan of this one so why don't you talk about this book
3: yeah
2: Justin uh, yeah me I will uh <laughs> this 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 book does a it's a sort of getting the team together first issue uh, sure, which is sure, always sure. Uh, you We've know sort of a there. thing it's sort of a thing that happens. Yep, yep. but what this book does a great job of uh, in the in its first issue is really bringing interesting characters um, to the story and then bringing them together to do something uh, ridiculous um, and <laughs> sort of uh, fun. So I, I thought this was a great first issue, really interesting um, dives into these people. Uh, definitely going to pick up the second
3: yeah the it's one of those things where like we've seen this so much the kind of rounding you know it's like all right i'm gonna need a team for this mission i'm gonna need this guy i'm gonna be you know and it's like okay so you're rounding up someone who's really good at drinking and then like i'm not like what team is this for so it's it's very um you know As someone has seen the kind of roundup, okay, we got a mission thing. It was very interesting, the choices that were being made. It's unique, even though it's something we've seen before. Love the art. It's creative. I think they do a good job of getting you excited for something.
0: Well, and I think the thing that we haven't mentioned here is that it's all during the last couple of days before John F. Kennedy is assassinated, and it all ties somehow into Lee Harvey Oswald. So Yes, he's the Oswald in the title. Right. So there's a whole conspiracy element. There's some front matter and back matter that tease a lot of conspiracies around the death of JFK. We haven't gotten to how this ties in or why this ties in yet, but just in terms of that, it's... Seems to be a little bit more of, I would say, almost an action-oriented companion to Department of Truth, uh, another uh-huh. book that deals
3: with conspiracies
0: here. We're not quite there yet, but
3: it's Hold very, on, very uh, fun. Justin's moving a filing cabinet. Oh, Interesting take. Yeah. Interesting take, Alex. Thank you Way
0: to much. make the connect. Way to yeah. make the connect. Let's move on and talk about Stillwater, number 11, from Image Comics, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Ramon K. Perez. Now, if you haven't listened to last week's live show... Where we had Chip on, and he talked about a bunch of stuff, including, I believe, very briefly, Stillwater. But yeah. in this issue, they're dealing with the fallout of what happened with the change of government in this town where nobody ever dies. Turns out old government, new government, very similar to the old government in some pretty Classic. bad ways. And things get even worse by the end of the issue. Um, what do you think, Justin? <laughs> I was trying to decide who um, I would go to I feel yeah. like we went to Pete last time but maybe I'm wrong
2: I, uh, You're putting a team together yeah, uh, is yeah. what you did and you went with me first and I bet your next move is you're going to assemble Pete into this team and No, I have an explosives expert
0: formed. right off the mic so oh. I'm going to go to them next
2: Oh, wow <laughs> I look forward to that person's take on this comic book um, I like this book as well I've, I feel like the the last arc took us in a, a sort of a surprising direction with who is running shit in Stillwater, and so this is picking up the pieces to that, and um, then we're back into like, well, we got to kill this person because they did something we didn't like. Um, so this uh, it's still true to form. Um, I'm curious what the overall excuse me goal is with this book um, because it definitely feels like it's a lot of just people fighting about being immortal.
0: Pick up the pieces. Well, that said, just to interrupt before you get to what you're going to say, Pete, uh, Chip did say issue 12 is the one where big shit goes down. So, yeah, if anything, this might be the even though a lot of stuff happens in this issue, this might be the pause and setup potentially for that. Pete,
3: go ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. This it, what's Im- impressive uh, about this comic, and uh, if I might quote Justin, who was talking about earlier, is uh, this story keeps unfolding. You you think like, oh, okay, here we go. We've got a bunch of people who can't die living in a town. What happens to them? What? How does this all go? But it keeps getting like, okay. Uh, uh, bigger and bigger so it's it's interesting that every time and you know tip of the hat to the writer here uh that every time we think like we're we're kind of like getting under there's new things that's still developing so uh yeah i this continues to be one of these books that is very enjoyable but also stays fresh with the choices it's making and keep unfolding
2: great. like a towel that you really put away you know <laughs> for the summer
0: yeah
3: Next up, you
0: probably know them from their big screen adventures, but did you know they also had a comic book? Eternals number 7 from Marvel, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Asad Ribic. In this issue, we're kicking off a new arc where, spoiler, Thanos is trying to become, I don't remember what the exact title is, but basically president of Prime Eternal. Prime Eternal, there you go. Prime Eternal. Uh, And some bad things happen. I'll tell you what. Frankly, I've really enjoyed this book. It's a beautiful book, but having seen the movie, I was like, oh yeah, Athena, I know her. That's Angelina Jolie. So weirdly helpful in that regard. Huh. I, they, I, they did a good
2: job of of saying in this comic, you look at all these characters you just saw in the movie
1: because yes. they're
0: sort of the main characters here. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if they were the main characters the
3: last issue because it's been a while, but definitely this issue. Well, what's, <laughs> for me, I was really enjoying this book. Then I saw the movie and then I was like, I'm not into this anymore. Uh, I so, saw uh, the kind of mm. the movie spoiled my enjoyment of this book a little bit, but the arts bananas, I mean, it's an unbelievable team. I'm sure I'll get back on board, but maybe I just need an issue to kind of uh, collect my thoughts. A little sour, you're a little yeah. sour from your movie going yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a really long thing to be dragged through. A movie? You were dragged through it? What do you mean by yeah. that? that? Dragged through it, it. was a long-ass movie that you were dragged through. A bunch of people it's who... A,
2: a lot of the Marvel movies are of a similar length, I
3: would say. Mm, I would say this is a little longer than your average movie.
2: Let me ask you, Pete, did you have enough candy for the Because mo- I know that if you don't get enough candy, your opinion starts to really turn...
3: No, no, I had it all set up like I normally do. What does that mean?
2: Could you walk us through that? Yeah, could you walk us through that for those of us that don't know your candy habits at the movie?
3: Well, you got to have, first you got to have the popcorn and the Coke. You know what I mean? That's just the classic. First. Yeah, yeah, that's your staple. Then I need something that's a little chocolatey, and then I need something that's a little bit more like Twizzlers. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, something a little, just like kind
0: of like. More like Twizzlers. Know, just a specific brat Yeah. A yeah. Twizzler adjacent.
2: Yeah. Interesting. You buy all this stuff at the top and then you just slowly work your way through it.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Do you have an order that you hit it
0: in or do you go in around?
3: Yeah, I, I mixed it up. You know what I mean. You gotta, you know, you know, just kind of just keep it fresh. You know, back do you do the different... throwing?
0: I assume you got M and M's or something like that. Did you do you throw the M and M's in the popcorn? Some people do that. Uh, no, no, I wouldn't. That's do disgusting. That.
3: I mean, it's all going to the same place. So sure, why not? What does that mean? It's do you all in my stomach. Uh, oh, my no. stomach. You fucking asshole. <laughs> okay. what, a, what the fuck you know. mean?
0: thought you were talking so about I'll go to the same it out. Place. Hell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. I'm glad we talked about this. That's Six, also true, yeah. though. That's yeah. also true. I
2: like That's this true. Eternals book a lot. Um, it was nice seeing the characters in the comics being able to straddle that line between the MCU and the ongoing comic stories that are Thanos is much more of a, a character here in the comics, uh, even though he is sort of a resurrected, not real version of him potentially here. Uh, but um, I like this world, and
0: Kieran Gillen's doing a great job of sort of blowing it out. Agreed. Six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton, number six, from Image Comics, wow. written by Kyle Starks, art by Chris Schweizer. Oh, no. What? That's 666. Six, six. Oh, oh, shit. It's not, yeah. though. There's only two sixes. I just said s- a lot. Wait, no, it's six sidekicks.
3: Sidekicks. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. We're your, okay. We're your okay. Accent Don't worry about is it. What, it's what uh... Accent. If I said 666, though, uh,
0: that would have been nice because you could have joined those Twizzlers you love so much in hell. Hell. In
2: hell. All going to the same place, snacks. Hell. <laughs> Your hell. Your hell is my stomach, snacks. And I'm sitting you there right now.
0: <laughs> so this is the final issue of what is hopefully just the first arc of this great, great, very funny book about a bunch of of sidekicks who team up together to find out who murdered this chuck doris jerk type that they all worked for at different times uh, we do get a tie-up to the mystery here it's very fun the action is great as usual the solution at the end what happens right at the end of the issue is a lovely hilarious twist as well and it does set it up for more adventures in a very clear and obvious way I thought the series was great. And if you haven't picked it up to the individual issues, then you definitely should. There will be a collected volume coming down the road. So definitely pick that up.
2: It's a great book. This is the funniest book I've read in a long time. Actual great jokes, uh, great characters coming together for a big, fun, uh, goofy action ending to this comic. One of my faves uh, of the week.
3: Yeah, I agree. This is hysterical. I love the orange crock wearing uh, kind of... Uh... Uh, you know, badass. You get it. it's it's just it's it's really funny, very creative, and it, it delivers really well. Next six up, six six six. <laughs>
0: more jokes from the funniest guy in DC Comics, the Joker. Number nine. DC, <laughs> written <laughs> oh by God. James Tynion IV and Sam Johns. Art by Stefan Raphael and Rosie Comp. In this issue, we are getting a bunch of different plans revealed, including oh, finally, we get the Joker tying together a bunch of the plot lines that have been going on in the background in the most disturbing and upsetting way possible, of course. Yes. But this title continues to be so good and so well done. It's It's crazy
2: this new villain sort of out Joker's Joker by saying fucked up things. Mm -hmm. Um, Joker's just sitting there watching like, whoa, this dude's, (laughs) wow. This guy's yeah. saying a bunch of stuff um, about how he grows super villain bodies. Some of it's for um, secret off menu items at like, high end restaurants. Oh, yeah. We might have all dined uh, at a restaurant where they're serving human. Yeah, come
3: back. on, that can't be. I mean, Justin, you worked at some classy places. Is there any of that going on? In- yeah, there's a, he- a
2: couple of human dishes. Not a lot, but, but just oh, like. Oh, are you serious, mm-hmm. man? A palate cleanser. Yeah, in between uh-huh. courses. Um, well, pete and also, you think Rich those really cheese. Assholes. You think those Philly cheesesteaks are all non-human meat? Because you got another thing coming,
3: if you think about it.
0: Yeah. Wait, do you go to Phil's or Gina's?
3: All of them. I go to all of them. them. Well, you're definitely eating human meat, then. I
0: won't specify
3: which one, but everybody knows who it is. Okay. So anyways, this comic, Joker number nine, uh, I, I just think this is really over the top in all the right ways. It's very cool the way we're kind of like tying in a bunch of things that have all happened. Uh, yeah, I, I just uh, I, I think it's a, it's a great heightening of the character. And if we had to kind of spend extra time with this madman, this is kind of what I thought we would get. It's creative enough. It's creepy enough. It, it just, art's fantastic. I, I think this is fun. This book has sneakily
2: been one of the best uh, Commissioner Gordon books in a yeah. real long time. Uh, it's great sort of uh, riding along with him and his opinion on this like truly horrifying journey.
0: Next up, what's the furthest place from here? Number one from Image Comics by Tyler Boss and Matthew Rosenberg. We had Matthew Rosenberg on our live show just this past week. So go and listen to that where he talks about this book in depth. But this is about a bunch of kids who are living in a post-apocalypse, no adults to be found, bunch of weird stuff going down in the neighborhood. They get in some gang fights and then things from change from here. As with their previous book, this is an incredible collaboration between writer and artist here to make a book that looks and feels unlike anything else that is on the stands.
3: Wow, uh, I, it's hard to say anything after that. It was uh, such a fantastic review. Uh, yeah, it's Boss and Beautiful. Ber-
2: Beautiful, words.
3: It's Boss Another great
2: jacket quote for Alex right after his uh, one for the Dynamite book. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, it's Boss and working together like they are just an unbelievable team. Uh, this duo just, uh, you know, cranks out fantastic books, and this looks like it's going to be the start of another amazing uh, uh Comic piece that will hold the test of time yeah pete this book cranks out <laughs> <laughs> <On the laughs> Got jacket. To. it cranks it
2: on the jacket uh i also i really like this book uh we've talked about it a lot um i compared it to sort of a deadly class in a good way with some don't of the, just repeat the yourself tension give and us horror some new
3: stuff you know what i mean
2: uh, great attention horror of a uh, black hole um the charles burns book um a lot of music influence here great hall Notes shout out pete come oh on. You must
3: come on there. yeah private eyes they're watching you yeah
2: good uh, stuff see
3: you get it you're a big uh hall Notes guy I love model records. You know who
0: else is watching you is the Xenomorph, an alien number eight from Marvel, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Salvador LaRocca. This issue is the second arc of this book. It is following a religious colony out in space who, oops, uh, the alien crashes into their religious colony. And then guess what happens? The alien kills a bunch of people. But... There's a twist right out of pretty much any alien movie that comes towards the end here, but it's still very well done. This book, real good. I know we've said it about every issue, but I really like this arc and I really like Johnson digging into the religious aspects in particular. I think he does a good job there, and it really elevates the story overall.
3: I mean, the art is just phenomenal in this book. There's just really amazing panels. It does this thing where it's like the art and the story almost makes it feel like it's not an alien book and then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah it's fucking alien as an alien shows up yeah yeah and then the alien shows up and you're like no fucker you thought this you were in this alien. artistic indie book that's really examining religion it like uh and then like the grossest alien like attack you've ever seen like the face rip on that was just bananas um And I agree with you, Pete, and
0: you read the rest of the book and you're like, what is this woke bullshit that they're going on about? (laughs) The alien movies (laughs) back in the day were never about that. They were just about cool alien kills (laughs) Mm -mm. with no metaphors whatsoever, you know, man? (laughs) So, (laughs) like, uh... don't bring me that shit. I'm not paying for it. Right, Pete? You're with me. Right, Pete? (laughs) (laughs) Pete? What, it's
2: funny it's funny you're going after it, Alex because the way he said it it was like he preferred the religious <laughs> indie book no I know <laughs> I'm curious Pete what no, religious what think... religion based indie books are you currently consuming as a book? <laughs> So many. Uh,
3: it's the animated bible no I just think it was you read like those jack chick tracks right I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> anyways I just think it was like It does a great job of, like, kind of walking away from what we want a little bit and then bringing it back right at the perfect time. Uh, I think it's a creative, cool kind of way to go at this. Anyways, you know, we've seen so many Alien books. I thought it was a cool start. So sorry. (laughs) No, Uh, no. I'm 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 not at all
0: getting on you. There are people out there who repeatedly are like, God, oh, the new Alien stuff can't believe they're dealing with societal issues they never did that in the original alien movies it's like i think maybe you haven't seen the original alien movies
2: well plus the more the recent ones have been like about a religious colony that encounters
0: aliens (laughs) right it's like this is it guys (laughs) Uh, anyway this book is absolutely great why don't we move on talk about sea of stars Number 11 from Image Comics, written by Jason Aaron and Dennis Hallam, art by Stephen Green. I believe this is the last issue of this book, right? It certainly seems to be wrapped up here, potentially. Uh, We get the story of this kid and dad who have been separated. They're fighting vast forces out in space, but it finally comes to a close here in really poignant fashion that I enjoyed quite a bit. What about you guys?
3: Yeah, I was just so happy that the father and son are finally reunited. I mean, they that was so out. stressful. It was so stressful for so long. Um, but now they're finally together. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the art alone is worth it for this book. It's just one of those, like, just beautiful panels, beautiful character drawings, and uh, it's just fun action. I, I was really impressed, and uh, this uh, is a great, cool story that's very creative and worth checking out. It's a a fanciful father and son story. And you
2: get sort of this, uh, you know, truck driver, dad, and this kid that is like this, you know, dreamer who ends up getting all this great power. Um, So it has that as sort of its core. And then it throws in, like, look at this space monkey. And here's some space sea creatures and stuff. So it's definitely, I feel like the space whale. The space whale. um, I I feel like when we talk to. the writers of this book, maybe Dennis Halem uh, on the show, he was saying that it's basically like they work separately. It's like mm-hmm. a jam book and then they just uh, smash it all together. So the fact that they were able to to put it, to, to bring it all together at this end and have it be both wild and like God killing uh, while also getting to that heart was really cool.
0: Superman versus Lobo. Number two from DC comics written by Tim Seeley and Sarah Beattie art by Mirka Andolfo in mm. this issue Krypton and Sharnia, I never know how to pronounce that, Lobo's home planet, have been brought back, as well as their entire population. Only, oops, found us to do a cosmic mix-up, Superman and Lobo have switched planets. So Lobo is living, living on Krypton, and Superman oh, oh, is living on Sharnia. Uh, and it mm, turns out that maybe they appreciate the other planets a little more than they expected, other wacky, wild things happen over the course of the book. I think we were all very surprised at how deftly the team pulled off multiple elements in the last issue and made them all come together. Do you think that held up in the second issue?
3: Who are you talking to? Uh,
0: yes,
2: yeah, sort of similarly, like... Um, Who are I, I felt like, oh, One, one of doing... the
3: two of you. Okay, great. Well, be specific. Yeah.
2: How many people do you see in this podcast? <laughs> uh...
3: Putting it out the, there for the, fans, the, sort the of audience.
2: The, oh, you're talking to the fans, Alex? Yeah.
0: Yeah. What do you decide? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Should Justin answer uh, this question? <laughs> if so. <laughs> flip to minute 42 what about pete go back to minute 14.
2: uh oh you chose pete
3: do you die <laughs> um
2: what i was going to say That's is sweet. at the premise being sort of like you got peanut butter by chocolate you got chocolate my peanut butter and then um they really dive into the sort of Continuity ramifications of uh, Lobo and Superman being on each other's planets, and again, sort of go deep on it while still doing like a fun book. And I um, like Superman and like Space Wolverine is another character.
3: Oh, you fuck yourself! <laughs> you couldn't go the whole. I was really Pete. You, you love Lobo there. though. What did you yep. think about this book? Okay, so here we go. This is going to be long-winded. Uh it's weird. Now, but also fun.
0: Oh, uh, okay. I get. I get what you were doing there. Yes. I agree. I like this book. It continues to perform very ably and in a very fun manner. The art from Mikra Adolfo is good. I think I liked her Superman a little better in this issue than I did in the first issue. It sort of threw Agreed. me a little bit, um, so maybe she got more of a handle on it. But Lobo continues to be great and just fun character designs across the board.
3: Yeah, it's a it's an interesting idea. Well executed. I, 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 I liked it more than I thought. Next up, Phenom X. Number one from Image Comics, written by John
0: Leguizamo, Aram Rapaport, Joe Masiak, and Damien Slattery, art by Chris Batista. This is about a new breed of superhero who are mostly from prisoners, and it clearly is supposed to be a starring vehicle for John Leguizamo. Possibly yeah. a screenplay turned into a comic book? I'm not sure. You decide. Very well could be.
2: <laughs> I will say, though, because I was thinking that as well, but... John Leguizamo is a little bit maybe too old to be this guy. He might be a little yeah. too old. To At this point him. in his career, right? Yeah. I mean, he might um, be that ripped though.
3: You know what I mean?
0: He might
2: I don't know. Yes, yeah, so
3: I, 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 I don't know.
0: I uh, do you have any pictures, Pete?
3: No, no yeah. not on me. Okay. Uh yeah, it was just it's kind of weird to see his face on the uh, kind of like action dude a little bit. Um, and it, it, threw me off a little, but then once I kind of got into the comic, it didn't, it didn't throw me as much. Uh, but yeah, this was kind of like, uh, you know, what if John Leguizamo had superpowers, which, I mean, he's hilarious. I'll see that guy doing anything. So why not?
0: <laughs> what did you think of this, one, Justin?
2: Um, I think it- this book goes uh, sort of bends over backwards to be like, this is why this is happening. And I felt that for the first sort of like third, I was like, oh, this is a fun superhero story. Um, this character seems fun. And then there's just there's a lot of track laid to get us um, to the to him getting his powers. And um, I just didn't didn't need just follow. Just tell us a story that you do at the beginning before you do the flashback. I was ready to just go along with that.
0: Yeah, it feels a little overstuffed here in the way that maybe it would work if this was a screenplay. But just looking at the pages, so many paddles, so many words on every single page. It uh, This is why I go to the screenplay thing. It just feels like they took it and kind of put it onto a page. Maybe it'll open up a little bit now that they have the origin stuff out of the way. So I would be curious to check out yeah. the second issue. Um, but that it is what it is. Next up, Action Comics number 1036 from DC Comics, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Sean Lewis, art by Daniel Semperi and Sam Basri. This is the kickoff of the War World saga that they've been teasing for a very long period of time. It's also a spinning out of Superman and the Authority, giving us a little bit of a connection there in terms of everything that's been going on with all of the Superman books. This is... Very dark and also in a different way, very much in Philip Kennedy Johnson's wheelhouse, I think, in terms of the storytelling. Um, Justin, you've been a big fan of his run on Action Comics and Superman. What do you think about this one?
2: I love uh, PKJ. And this um, this is another great book like. Uh, there's a, just a great scene where uh, this older uh, sort of wise alien is sitting there and uh, talking about how placid and understanding uh, he's doing great work. And then the um, the person meeting him says the wrong thing and he totally flips. I thought it was just a great standalone comic book scene uh, setting up this guy as some sort of like secretly uh, evil uh a person uh, revealing that this alien race that has uh, been killed superman goes through a bunch of like horrible stuff here um i like i like the uh the team that's around him it's it's a fun different we don't have to have it be batman um and having to deal with all that uh, continuity can just be uh, the authority where we can do new stuff so this is really good
3: i thought this was intense uh Love the uh, crazy kind of build up to Mongol. Uh, uh, and that's that's a lot of uh, spiked people there. That's 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 some intense shit. And when we're saying spiked people- we're a not lot of points. talking about like they're full of uh, fireball shots or
0: anything like that. We're talking about, they're on spikes, man. Yeah, they're on spikes. Yeah. Great book. Next up, Maneaters the Curse, number five from Image Comics, written by Chelsea Kane, art by Kate Nimsic this is the final issue of this title, which has been one of our favorites for the past couple of months as the kids at this camp who have been searching for the rest of their campers find out a fun little twist at the end there in terms of their situation. It is riddled with the usual amount of little interjections and other things going on artistically. But uh, what'd you think about how this tied up? There's a sticker that they're, that's drawn into this book
2: that's uh it's, it's it's tremendous yeah and it took me back to oh, be, yeah to getting that sticker oh a hundred percent I like this book does such a great job of like using a bunch of like nostalgia hits um, throughout and all the the different like art pages that are interspersed in between uh, in the story there's some great use of um, photography in this book uh, which I thought was really cool and the story's fun and weird and different like this is a comic. That pushes the form in a way that uh, that I really liked and haven't seen in a while. A lot of mashup here.
3: Yeah, I I this continues to be very creative and very fun. Uh, great use of like a lot of different ideas, but together it all works. Yeah, I love the old scratch and sniff kind of sticker look. Uh, yeah, it it feels like it's just such an interesting creative mashup of like different ideas but also different ways to show things uh yeah i was i it was it's been a great series a ton of fun and very funny too i don't want to underplay that
0: because it's made me laugh out loud several times including here in the last issue this is one that probably will be collected as a volume but i would recommend Find the individual issues if you can, just because they're such good package is in and of themselves. Great series. Really good. Next up, Batman, The Impostor, number two from DC Comics, written by Matson Toblin, art by Andrea Sorrentino. This is a younger Batman who, as you can probably figure out from the title, has been... Oh my God! Why am I blanking on the word? Impostered? Um, <laughs> superheroing? Is that what
2: you're say? No, no, no! He's Battering? Not
0: impostered. I wanted to say impostered, but that's not the word. Uh, it, copycatted? In- impersonated? Impersonated.
3: Imperson- Jesus
0: Christ! Go. Yes, there you go. <laughs> wow! You were gonna, you gonna say a superheroing? Ball? No, I was gonna say impersonated, but I couldn't remember the. Hang word on, I got to imperson- print something out. He's <laughs> oh, in imp-
2: <laughs> He's imposterated. Podcast. No, imposterated. But-
0: And it's a very different continuity as well than we're used to with Batman. There's a lot of different stuff going on here. We like the first issue, or at least I definitely remember liking the first issue mostly because Andrea Sorrentino's art is so good. Banana's good. Yeah, and it's worth it for the art alone. Pete, what did you think about this one?
3: Okay. Uh, So this is like this kind of like different take on uh uh batman and and you know i mean we get a little bit of like batman admitting he's in love here which is kind of crazy and and different uh but then you worried about like maybe uh, bruce doesn't have all the right intentions and you know you kind of like in a rom-com worried like oh it started for the wrong reasons but there's real love there so i like this kind of rom-com batman meetup but also what if it was a little bit more realistic and batman saw a therapist what did you think of the fact <laughs> oh, wow what did you think of the fact that alfred is alive in here you
0: love alfred right well, yeah yeah gotta have alfred alive always and well he's also an asshole
3: who hates batman what do you think yeah. about that pete well that part was not real. I mean But, he's alive. A, a but he's alive. But he's alive. probably a nightmare or something. Yeah. Do you probably want a living
2: part. uh do you want a living asshole, Alfred, or a dead nice Alfred? Dead nice. Oh wow. <laughs> well, that changes my life plan. <laughs> I guess. I I'm your Alfred in a lot of ways. Um this does have a lot of surprising stuff. The Commissioner Gordon being sort of run out of town. Um, the Alfred being an asshole at the beginning and being like, can you give him some pills or something? Yeah. Um, was uh, funny and weird. Um, but I do like Batman and Love. I love Batman in Love. I love uh, this. I feel like it's not going to end well, unfortunately. Uh-huh. But I, uh, I wish we had more Batman or Bruce um, in a good relationship.
0: Next up, A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number two, from Image Comics, written by Rick Remender, art by Andre Lima Arojo. This issue we are picking up where our, I don't know, I was about to say hero, but I guess main character, we don't know exactly what yeah, he is, yet. Guy, uh, has witnessed a gruesome murder. He leaves that and immediately signs up for yet another gruesome murder, seemingly by the end of the issue. Justin, you were very high on the first issue of this book. What did you think about the second one?
2: I think it's good. It's really spare storytelling from Rick Remender, like uh, really letting the art tell the story, uh, not a ton of dialogue, yeah. um, sort of just very carefully putting the pieces on the board here um, and really letting it breathe, which is something that like not a lot of writers do, and it's not something that Rick Remender has done. Like A lot of his books are like here's a ton of story, here's where I'm going, let's get to the emotional part. And this is a little, we're just watching this character, and um, it's exciting that he's doing something that feels different to him.
3: Yeah, you know, you gotta let it breathe, like a fine wine. Remender is kind of growing in this way that is... freaking me the fuck out because it's this like slow thing that's happening. I'm like, Remender's going to fucking drop this story on its head. It's going to turn. I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's like the pace of it is freaking me out. Uh, but man, it's such a kind of like, it's got this kind of like quiet confidence to it. That is, is tense. Uh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I feel like the first two issues have been, like, so slow that, I, it's, that I'm, I'm more scared than I've ever been. So uh, it's a, it's cool to see Remender kind of, like, uh, changing this up a little bit. It doesn't feel like Remender yet. So uh, I think it's very impressive in all the right ways. But, yeah, like, like we've been saying, the art is really leading the way here in such a cool way.
2: Well, a lot of wine that I drink, I take a sip and I say, mmm, quiet confidence. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you went to that vineyard that I told you about. The quiet <laughs> confidence. <laughs> yes, vineyard.
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great.
0: I love yeah. it. better than loud uh, <laughs> 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 embarrassment. Loud, loud yeah. yeah. Uh, last but not least, as <laughs> yeah. promised, at the beginning of the podcast, we're going to talk about the saga of the Swamp Thing, Volume One, written by Alan Moore, art by Stephen Bissett and John Tuttleben, among other people. Now, this is, I believe, the first six issues. Of Alan Moore's run on the title, and to give you a little bit of the background here, we've talked about this a lot on the show. Justin, you've read the entire yes. run, I believe, yes. of Swamp Thing. Great. Pete and I have never read it, and no. whenever we've got the "What is your secret shame that you've mm-hmm. never read this book?" question on the show, which crops up relatively frequently, Both people of us want have... to know your shame. Yeah, they want to w- know your what shame. are you most ashamed of. Tell us the most shameful moment in your life, and of course, for me. It's uh, that I never read Saga of the Swamp Thing. Pete, we won't get into for legal reasons. That's but right. Yeah. But we did finally read it uh, based on a request in the iTunes comments on this very podcast from Konanch on iTunes. So if you'd like to request something, hit us up. But let's get into it. Let's talk about this book. I, I don't know if we should start. Probably me and Pete should start, right? Yes. Yeah. Pete, oh, fuck. what did you... Do you want me to start? Uh, sure. Because I have uh, specific thoughts about the structure of this, having not uh, read this before, not read, honestly, like the Len bernie Wrightson Swamp Thing as well. I've read a bunch of the modern Swamp Things, so I'm familiar with the mythos. But seeing it form here was really impressive, and it's all the more impressive, and I don't know if you guys had this impression, but the first issue is picking up on the threads left by lenween and yeah. bernie wrightson's run and it's basically like okay all right this is okay this is a swamp thing comic book that's fine i know abby arcane they're talking about um her dad arcane is dead now and all of these other characters that i don't really know uh, that i've never really heard about that's fine or they're gonna blow them up and it basically feels like this is a straightforward issue of swamp thing and then he's like alan moore is like great clear that all off, let's do this other thing instead. And yeah. it's almost a more dramatic way, I don't know if you guys remember this one, but Frank Miller's run on Daredevil, I've always loved how you can see Frank Miller's style developing over the course of that run, where he goes from like, I'm doing a Marvel comic book to I'm doing a Frank Miller comic book about at 20 or 30 issues later. This feels like a more dramatic example of that. With early career Alan Moore, where you're going from like, okay, I'm writing a DC comic book to no, 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 no. I'm going to do my own thing here. And very quickly it goes off the rails into like almost a plant-based version of the, no, well, this is Neil Gaiman, but like the plant-based version of the diner issue from Sadman, where just everything mm. is going horribly wrong. Um, but it's great. I, I thought this book was fantastic and I was super into it by the end. And I'm definitely willing to read more.
3: Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks Pete. Yeah. I think I've got a good impression that maybe you didn't like it, but go ahead. Well, here's the thing. First off, like artistically, um, like the stuff that they're doing, the paneling and where there is no panels and these ideas are beautifully kind of transforming across the page in a way that we can kind of follow, but it's kind of like all one giant picture. It re- really reminds me of like, you know, the Batwoman stuff uh, that we were really loving uh, uh, and and like artistically really cool stuff. Uh, the problem that I'm having is because it was written so long ago, and, you know, I've seen so many different iterations of it now, like, going back. I can't really appreciate how groundbreaking it is. You know what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. a little frustrating. And plus, like, I'm realizing that the one of the reasons that I kept starting to read this and putting it down is I, I don't really. Okay, this is hard for me to say. I don't really like Swamp Thing. Comics. Oh, uh, 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 Plants. Uh, no, no. no
2: Swamps. Uh, I, I <laughs> <laughs> see swaps are things you hate swaps and things, and the fact that they're together in this book is a I, I
3: just you know, it's just it, Swamp Thing talking to himself out loud a lot, and it's just weird for me. And like Justin well, likes it when we get inside characters' heads, I yeah. don't, especially when they're trying to be deep. Um, so it, that part was really hard for me, but uh, I could really appreciate. What this was, especially for the time. Uh, very cool, very stylistic, kind of tripped out, but deep and kind of thoughtful in, in a lot of different ways that I appreciated and liked. But it's, unfortunately, like Swanthing as a character, it's hard for me to be like, yay, this is fun.
2: It's interesting to me that you, to hear you say that, P, because I know you love the comic concrete. Yes. Um, this to me feels like a. A, a perfect comparison to that. And like almost like a stepping stone into concrete. Really? Um, so I'm surprised another comic where you're in the main character's head all the time, like thinking and grappling with the, his surroundings while not a lot is happening. It's just a lot of him philosophizing and thinking about the world around him.
3: Yeah. I, 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 I definitely agree with what you're saying, but I guess with concrete, like um, because it's not, more in black and white, it's because it's more black and white and it's like i I, yeah there's not these like all these things going on it's like kind of dealing with this moody brooding person and kind of what they're dealing with that it like pulls me in more where there's like all this other tripped out kind of crazy stuff happening that it's kind of like Hard to enjoy that, I think maybe. But I I hear what you're saying, and I definitely agree with the kind of parallel. It makes sense. I so. I'll just throw out there just to respond to what you're
0: saying, Pete. It's interesting to me also because I think at the I had the opposite reaction that I've liked a lot of the modern swamp thing stuff. But there's a point where I feel like stop talking about the green, stop talking about the red. You're hitting the same thing all the time, just constantly right. over and over again. That's true, and. Reading this felt like a breath of fresh air in a weird way because I could see what everybody has been clearly going for for decades since and not quite hitting in the same way. And this is setting the blueprint for those things as Alec Holland for the first time. Well, Swamp Thing realizes he's not Alec Holland. He is just a plant man. There's a point in I think it's the first issue where they shoot Swamp Thing. And I read that, I'm like, well, that's not going to kill Swamp Thing because he's a plant man. And that's exactly what they explore there. They're like, you can't kill a plant man. And that's clearly the first time they've done that and gone through that. Something that has led to this very overpowered Swamp Thing in card continuity where... Again, I like even the current Swamp Thing run, but he's so overpowered where he's like, well, nothing can kill me and I can travel to literally anywhere on the planet with a flaw to anywhere in a plant and I'm made of plants and I'm connected to all plants at all times so I know everything that's going on. So to take him back to this place where he's discovering this and exploring this makes it much more exciting, makes it this level of discovery. And giving the focus over also to Jason Woodrue in yep. these first couple of issues, a villain who, again, has eventually become in a very similar way to Swamp Thing, overpowered and over the top and seeing the Justice League for the first time be like, this guy's a joke. How is he doing this stuff? How is he taking over all the plants of the world and who possibly could stop him in trying to work through this, then see Swamp Thing come in and deal with the situation in a very specific way in a very philosophical way.
3: I thought was really exciting. Yeah, I, I I also like there is this thing where it's like there is so much cool art stuff going on, like I, I just um, I don't know, and then the words don't some sometimes it falls short of it a little bit, and I think it's just because of the time. Um, i i don't know i don't know how to explain it but i kind of feel like uh, there's a part where uh you know swamp thing read the file and he's like hey what did you like and then he loses his mind a little bit i kind of felt like that a little bit in swamp thing where i was just kind of like uh, uh you know it's 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 so it does so many different things and it's really cool um but, I, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it, and I, I've been having a hard time putting my finger on it, that that's keeping me from really enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just my own bullshit or something. I don't know. <laughs>
2: well, there's a lot of stuff in here, and I think later in the run, it really solidifies um, sort of what the, the story points are. Mm-hmm. But uh, – I would say keep reading uh, because it's definitely worth reading the whole run. You get into a lot more like uh, trippy things. The um, swamp thing, Abby relationship is really cool. It's great. And I think issue like 25 where they have their first like hanging out in the swamp scene um, in this run, which I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, this is great. I would keep reading. Um, if only someone else would challenge you guys to all of us to read the next Trade no,
3: don't. of this, come on, stop. <laughs> I mean, the other thing slowly,
0: yeah. The other thing that I'll throw out there on the uh, doesn't age well, there are things that do not age well in here. There are certain yeah. views yeah. towards women and the relationship with men. That,
3: Thank you. Eh, there were a little is that the thing that was bothering you that you didn't want to talk about, Pete? No, that's not. It's just there, there are certain things because of the time that kind of. Sure. You know, there's that. I mean? yeah. There's also it's... an autistic kid in here that is yeah.
0: uh, ultimately, I think, where they end up with is okay, but there's kind of some dicey things in terms of how they treat him that don't hold up. But that's the, you could expect that from a comic that is decades old. I think in this case, you don't need to necessarily forgive those things, <laughs> but you can look at those things acknowledge those things and it also acknowledge the things that do really work here. And ultimately, like you're saying, Pete, the art is absolutely gorgeous. The layouts are amazing. Um, I did, I love that sequence with Swamp Thing being reborn and breaking out. I thought that was very cool. And overall, I really like this book. And if somebody does challenge us, I would love to read the second volume. If nobody does challenge us, I'm definitely never going to read it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And there you go. That really is it. challenge-based <laughs> That's it for the stack. Uh, if you would like to support the show and other shows, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We sure show. do, We're Alex. Here. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Swamp Thing and only Swamp Thing. iTunes, nope, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, and the app of your choice. Subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter, comic book club live.com for the to come for this podcast until next time we'll see you at the comic book shop